nerds, you're listening to an episode on the Nerdcore podcast feed. If you're feeling generous, please consider pledging to a tier on our Patreon at patreon.com slash thenerdcore. We have tiers as low as $1 per month. Thanks so much, and enjoy the episode! Welcome back, everybody, to the Nerdcore Podcast, a podcast where reviews movies and talks on nerd shit. This is episode 581, and it is your review of The Holy Mountain. And as always, is the nerd you're going to hear to host the show alongside my wonderful co-host, Brad Young Yoda. What's up, up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, welcome to an amazing Monday. We're here to talk about some holy mountains. Some holy mountains indeed, right, Brad? Yep. Yep. The hills, the holy hills. The, right? the hills have eyes. The hills <laughs> definitely have eyes. Or jaguar, jaguar milk. Is that what? A lot of shit that was going on. Man. <laughs> oh man. Another but, one where um we did a disservice by being sober. Yeah, I think I think that's gonna be the uh the theme. The theme, the theme this whole this. month. This uh, whole uh, month uh, was uh, like being sober during this time yeah. is not the best way. I read a comment online where somebody said that maybe the movies of the seventies were so, you know, revolutionary because everybody was make was was doing LSD while um, while writing them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, drugs. Ooh. Not even once. <laughs> oh that, that's my how, god! That's, that's how you get uh, cinema. <laughs> yeah, that's the Beatles. That's how they got most of their music. A bunch of drugs. Yeah, a lot of their later stuff for sure. Yep. But um yeah, Brad, how are you doing, bro? I'm uh yeah, I'm holding it together. I'm tired, but I'm one yeah. piece. So Yeah, I'm 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 definitely a little tired too. Holy mountains respectfully. Respectfully. <laughs> yeah. Respectfully. Oh my god. Uh yeah, I went to work today. Uh they started picked up what I was putting down. Yeah, definitely. Um I went to work today. Uh we did some prep for um well, they were doing the students were doing prep for their shorts. They're gonna start filming, so I was just there helping them out with their stuff that needed to get done. And I'm just uh, tired. Maya got her rabies shot today, though. Mm. Yeah, because she okay? she's alright. Yeah, she's chilling. But um, it's just you know, it's a state law. You gotta have rabies, or else apparently I can't take a dog to get groomed. Yeah. Yeah, Brad in Mexico. You drop them off, and that's all right with them. Yeah, I mean, and it I mean, costs it's not, less. It's not where I'm at. It's not a bad idea to get them rabies shots because yeah. we have raccoons running around. Well, I've had there was a raccoon at my work the other the, last week. I I've caught one on camera a few times in in the back of the house. Yeah, <laughs> but we have raccoon. bats too, so it just makes sense to get them. You know, yeah, rabies. Yeah. Well, um, because if anybody's yeah. watched Cujo, that is not a good way for a dog to go. Nope, not a good way for a dog to go at all, right? Mm-mm. But um, yeah, just chilling here, just been, been been good day, just hanging out. Uh, finished watching this movie. I have a cinema condition. Uh, recording tomorrow. Uh, I kind of like debating whether I even want to rewatch Interstellar because I already saw it like like two weeks ago. But I think I should probably do a good watch right now so that way I can at least 
understand what I'm going to talk about, but I'm also just really tired. I also started watching a little bit of dance of reality. Cause I was just like, I was like, I had a little bit of a high after the Mount Holy mountain. I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Let's just start the next one. And I was like, and I got the to like dance of reality. The next one. Yes. The dance of reality is the next one. Why is this man always calling the shit weird? And no, starting um, with the... So next week, Monday is the dance of reality, right? Okay. Next uh, on Thursday, we're going to be doing the Confu- uh, Confucian confusion. For... Okay, that's why I'm confused. Yeah. Yeah. But the dance of reality is the next Horowski one that we're going to do. Also, Monday's a holiday, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Day. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah. So um, either way, it's been a good day, though. But um, glad that you're doing good, too. Yeah. Do, was, doing uh, all right. Yeah. 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 Weekend wasn't anything eventful, Brad. Um, well, had some family matters to yeah take care of, but other than that, uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of a rough one in the books. It's been a rough month, so yeah. Dance of reality. It's the Macarena, isn't it? <laughs> oh my god! But by the way, you guys uh, are not tripping. You know, this is live and early for patrons only. That's why Stacy's able to interact with us. But for those of y'all who are listening in the public, you can get access to that by patreon.com. No one just me to the Macarena. The one dollar tier. Yep. Live and in real time, you would have seen Brad do the Macarena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, I don't know, Brad. I think we can definitely. We are definitely gonna have a longer conversation. So I think we should just start, right? I'm, I mean, I don't know. We had a long conversation about Otelpo. I think we have plenty. Of yeah. Stuff. One. Yeah. But um, yeah. Let's get this going. Uh So. Let's do this. Guys, if you have not watched The Holy Mountain, this is your chance to get out of here if you care about spoilers. But if you don't care about spoilers, you, should go ahead and, you can go ahead and stay. Either way, how you how it goes is you're wanted only spoiler warning, and it is in effect in a five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> All right, Brad, I'm going to do a mixture of Wikipedia, IMDb synopsis, and trivia because... This is like a literally a paragraph. Yep. The Holy Mountain, or how it is pronounced in Spanish, La Montaña Sagrada, is a 1973 Mexican surreal film directed, written, produced, co-scored, co-edited by and starring Alejandro Jodorowsky, who also participated as a set designer and costume designer on the film. Following Jodorowsky's underground hit, El Topo, Acclaimed by both John Lennon and George Harrison, the film was produced by the Beatles manager Alan Klein of ABKCO Music and Records. Lennon and Yoko Uno put up Yoko Uno uh, put up uh, production money and it, uh, put up production money. It was shown at various international film festivals in 1973, including Cannes and limited screenings in New York and San Francisco. Uh, cinematography is done by Rafael Corchidi. He was the one who also did um, El Topo, and uh, he's gonna do our. He did our mini pod, Fando Fando Elise. It's what's also edited by Federico Landeros. Music is done by Don Cherry, Ronald Frangipane, Frangipane, and of course Rodorowski. And it sits at an hour and fifty-four minutes, and on a Budget of seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars, it made a hundred and four thousand one hundred and sixty dollars on a reissue. 
uh, yeah, dude, all of these movies, you can tell that they were made for like less and, than a million. You know what the Beatles said to that? <laughs> I don't fucking care. I don't care. <laughs> They're like, I don't, I don't care. care. <laughs> this is a this is a passion of mine to, yeah, to, to finance a, a movie. Yeah. yeah. It was like, it was a passion of me to finance plus, a movie. Plus, um, <laughs> Ringo. This, this, this is probably a cult favorite, so yeah. I'm sure over time, it's hopefully when it's put back. Yeah, Ringo thought it was mid though. <laughs> oh my god. And uh the IMDB synopsis is as follows. Uh if I could there we go. Uh a Christ-like figure wanders through bizarre, grotesque scenarios filled with religious and sacrilegious imagery. That's that's it. That that's all. Yeah. That's all oh, I'm got. sorry, I was reading the synopsis. In okay. a corrupt, greed-fueled world, a powerful alchemist leads a messianic character and and seven materialistic figures to the holy mountain, where they hope to achieve enlightenment. All right, Brad. Uh, and we have a little bit of trivia here that I thought was really interesting that I could read here for y'all. But uh, before filming began, director Alejandro Jodorowsky spent a week without sleep under a Zen master's direction and live communally with the film's cast for a month. God, I would hate that. Yeah. <laughs> the crucified animal carcasses were borrowed from a local restaurant, which were then severed to served to customers upon being returned. I mean, didn't go to waste. And uh, he didn't kill the animals. <laughs> this time. Uh, during the boating sequence, Hodorowski had intended to shoot a scene where the group leaps into the ocean to get the in the infinite to get in the infinite waters. The cast proceeded to leap in, then promptly began to drown. The crew was so busy trying to rescue them that nothing on the scene ended up being shot. Which which could explain the one scene where they look into the bucket and then go, "Up, oh, he's drowned." <laughs> <laughs> At a projected budget of a million, a million five hundred thousand dollars, one point five million dollars, in U.S. doll in USA dollars, it was it was to have been the most expensive Mexican film production to date. The film reportedly cost only half that amount. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, the movements from the opening scene ritual are actual movements of a Japanese tea ceremony. Horowski states that the girl themselves were not actual actresses; merely two people who wanted to have a spiritual experience. They were searching for their own truth, the naked truth. <laughs> Stacy says, sir, your chicken dish now has a SAG card. That will be $50 <laughs> before the, the, start, the strike starts for SAG. Um, There's a 20% tip on top of that. <laughs> yep. George Harrison himself, a big fan of Hodorowski's work after having seen El Topo, was originally up for the role of the thief, but disagreed with the director over what he considered uh, gratuitous nudity, particularly the shot where his anus is big. <laughs> uh, rather than, a, than cast a stand-in or remove the shot altogether, Hodorowski stood his ground, prompting Harrison to drop out. Hodorowski later expressed some regret over this in the Anchor Bay DVD commentary, noting that Harrison's movement involvement could have exposed the film to an even larger audience. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean, probably. During the decapitation scene, the actors actually struck Hodorowski for real, cutting his neck and nearly killing him. Hodorowski oh. reflects, that, uh, reflects that, that had the sword actually been real, he would have indeed have been decapitated. Holy God. 
Yeah. Well, that's that's a that's a worker's complaint right there. Worker's <laughs> complaint right there. Like, like, like. I'm just, I'm just trying to picture this. I'm like, what do you do if you decapitate your director? Is that just? Is that the end of the movie? Does that movie never see the light of day? Is it just? <laughs> I ideally, in a world where the director would have gotten, like, let's say, sick or something, somebody then, else would have finished. Then the uh, second unit director or the assistant director would step in to complete yeah. shooting. But in the case of death, either one of two things happens, Brad. Production gets shot down, shut down, and that movie never sees the light today. Studio rehires somebody else, and they finish the movie. And, and knowing knowing Hodorowski and the way he thinks, they probably would have kept his de- decapitation in the movie. Yeah. Cut. Oh wait. Oh wait. <laughs> Oops. My the bad. Crew, <laughs> the crew didn't obtain any permits for the shot of the holo- of the helicopter sending down in the street. Merely had an actor in a police uniform stop traffic. While they filmed, then proceeded to run off after the show was completed. This, this, this man is on another. I was wondering some of these scenes he shot through the town and stuff. I'm like, I'm like, usually they close those down, like in actual, you know, productions. Movies. Yeah. In actual <laughs> productions, they'll close like a whole block down and do that. And just looking at that, I'm like, I don't think he did that. And so you just have all these like women like in sheer shirts walking yep. down the street, the supposed prostitutes. And it's yeah. just except for one brun. And I can yeah, the young, the, the, the young one didn't have the young a, one. Yeah. Which, which I was like, so wait, the little the girl, but the dude, the kid, the boys can be out here and just throw, you know, slinging it around. Like, I, I wonder how I, we worked in Mexico at the time when it came to that. Yeah, well, and he had it in El Topo, and I, I yeah. mean, I don't. All of his movies were made in, in Mexico, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, the tumor that the priest. This is the final piece of, 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 of trivia, by the way. The tumor that the priest pulled out of the back of the thief's neck was an octopus. The filmmakers uh, purchased was... at a local market. Okay, I figured it was like a squid or something. That's what it yeah, like. it looked kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was blue yeah. and blah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, Brad, you want to go first? What are your initial thoughts on uh the on the holy mountain? You, you know, I I, <laughs> I liked it better than I did El Topo. I, I actually I prefer this over El Topo. Like I got the messaging. I, I got the messaging of the commercialization of religion. And how much, you know, he was against it. That is seen throughout this whole movie. I thought it was done actually very well. And, you know, there's not a great amount of dialogue in this, which is fine. I think there's like, I wish there was an actual count. Because I actually counted, uh, I actually kept an eye on the clock. It is until 30 minutes and 21 seconds, I think, was when the first line of dialogue was spoken in this film. So, so, I mean, it really keeps you, w- without the dialogue, you're really in tune, just what's on the screen, and then the music behind it, and the music is exceptional in this. The music blows me away throughout this movie. Some of the visuals, too. Um, there are scenes in this where I'm, like, impressed. I am impressed by Alexandro uh, Um the, the the one where um, 
I don't know the blonde the blonde muscular dude is yeah. kneeling with the the dead um I guess city folk yeah on the ground I, supposed to represent I'm pretty sure Mex Mexicans in Mexico the, the yeah. they're dead on the ground because he's the police the chief of police and yeah. that dust storm that just comes in that shot that shot oh, is just incredible. it's it's like it's one of the best shots I've seen in a movie it's it's pretty freaking incredible um I, and i i gotta say um i really did enjoy this movie much more than otopo and maybe because i understood the vision and i think he had an actual idea what he wanted to say in this where i didn't get that from otopo otopo i felt like at, at at some moments maybe he had some idea on the religious aspects he wanted to talk about and then it just went into total utter bullshit that i think he was making up and this, from start to finish, I really think he had a message he was trying to get across, and that came through. And it was very stylistic and great. Yeah. Brad, I am 100% there with you, man. I really liked this movie. Um, there's Man, you're talking about that shot. I loved everything that was being shot when he went inside the temple. We're, we're like the the rainbow colored like walls and stuff. Yeah, where he's walking the, along that and the slow yeah. like methodical walk he does yeah. through there. Just the um, whole the whole framing and just the production design of inside that room while he's walking to the alchemist was yeah. just like really really well shot. Um, I like this movie a lot. I really did. I I think that you know this is you know it's 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 like not completely you know off like base like El Topo is what I thought El Topo was. Uh, but uh, it still was really, gra I gravitated a lot to, you know, the symbolism and the imagery here. I really understood what exactly Alejandro uh, Jodorowsky was trying to say. And I think that this goes to show that, like, you know, when he's actually kind of, like, understanding of what he's trying to do and say here, he can really turn out a really good movie because, you know, it shows bits and pieces inside of Santa Sangre, and it shows, like, Parts of El Topo where he's like, oh, man, if you would have just continued along with this, I think you would have gotten a really good film. But yeah. you're in the Holy Mountain. I think I that think he, he did a great it. job. He fucking hits it, dude. He did a great job here. I, I, um, I, I think from the from the opening, the, the the part that really got me from the start was the, the lizards. The lizards are supposed to represent, you know, the Aztec, I'm guessing the Aztec people. Yeah. The, the original, the, you know, yeah. the the original Mexican people, and then you have the colonizers come in, and yeah. it, 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 it's 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 like almost ridiculous in a way, but I love the way he shows this because it is like that whole death and ravaging and you know all the horrible shit, but like he does it with reptiles, yeah, and so it, it, he kind of gets away with it, and like he literally blows them up, and it's like. He he's trying to state all this of like you know, colonialism is what basically just destroyed my country from the very beginning. Yeah, and he just has that continue throughout and continue with his the commercialization of religion throughout and just all these things that keep you know him from finding peace, and that's basically what he's trying to get to is enlightenment in the end. Yeah. It's like I, I saw that and I was like, it's so interesting because, by the way, Wanerowski uh, is Chilean, but he moved to Mexico. He moved to Mexico and he's spent a lot of time. But of course, a lot of what 
Mexico and Chile kind of share is like a history of, you know, corruption, a history of, of, uh, of governments that have, you know, failed its people. And I thought that that scene was really, really interesting because I was like, oh, like, it's just, it's like a bunch of frogs. And then they come in and like, they're not actually like killing each other, but they're also just like, you know, fucking like destroying it, each other. It, and but then, it, the way he films it, it makes yeah. it, it makes like the colonizers are eating, you know, the Aztec lizards. Yeah. That's what it kind of looks like. And then it he kind of just blows everything up. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I really liked that. I also loved how he was like pouring the blood over the actual, like, you know, the, the pyramid mm -hmm. and it was going down. And like, at first you would think like, Oh, this might be just symbolizing, you know, Oh, the human sacrifices that the, uh, the Mexica would make. But it's like, no, the, the more the blood came down, it's like, no, this is actually like the people that died here. The people that the, were the genocide you know, genocide. And you know, and that, that's it's in the beginning. It's like, yeah, this is the root of a lot of the problems, and you know, a lot of it. And you know, like I said, Orozki is really uncompromising, and I think that like he's not trying to essentially say that like, you know, Catholicism is the problem, but it's kind of saying like this is where everything kind of, you know, goes back to. It's Catholicism. Well, and and, and just the, and and maybe not even Catholicism, like Catholicism for sure. But on top of that, the commercialization of it. Yeah. So it, it, it's it's basically what people see as Catholicism in today's modern world, even goes to today. It, it's just trying to sell a bunch of plastic Jesuses. And he literally yeah. has that. He has plastic Jesuses like everywhere. Full of them. And the actual like the I, yeah. I, I guess the, the faux Jesus, the one that looks like Jesus is carrying a fake Jesus. Yeah. I mean, and it, it's it's great symbolism throughout this film. Well, yeah, and like I you think, think he, about it, right? You know, yeah, this man shows up and they drug him, and it's like, like you think about it, like this is a person who you think looks exactly like the Messiah, well, and you like treat Messiah. him like this, and you what's it called? You you try to replicate him and put him on, and it's like instead of actually sitting down and talking to him and trying to understand what he is, it's like you know, no, like and like towards like the film, it kind of like gives the idea that maybe this guy was a kind like really a Christ-like figure. And the people were so quick to first just, you know, commercialize him instead of sitting down with him and actually learning about him. And and some of the filming uh, techniques and decisions he makes through this, like when he eats the face of the yeah. statue. And I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, wow. So he, he is he is in taking the own his own commercialization. So he is he has become corrupt in that sense. And it just, I mean, the symbolism from start to finish blew me away through this, which the, the issue I had with El Topo is you saw glimpses of that, but it was never really connected through and through. And it was just, to me, it was a mess. El Topo was a mess. And this is definitely a finished thought. Yeah. There was a, so it says here that he took a lot of, this film is based on two different novels. Um, one of them is the ascent of Mount Car Carmel, um, which is a, a 16th century spiritual treatise by Spanish Catholic mystic and poet Saint John of the Cross, and uh, it says here that um, uh, that alongside other connected work by John in Tell the Dark Knight, it details the so-called Dark Night of the Soul, when the individual soul undergoes earthly and spiritual private privations in search of union with God. 
Yeah. And a lot, I mean, that's kind of what a lot of this film is. It's like, and he kind of says it at the end when he has the camera zoom back out and he's like, you know, what's it called? Uh, he says, reality is fake. And it is only until like, basically like, it's only until we've like, so search within our souls and search within, you know, our spiritual self that we actually know what true like enlightenment actually is. And, and then everything along that way that's keeping us from gaining that in line. Yeah. Which is the, the nine or 10 um, planets, I guess you could say. Yeah. Because they're named after planets and they have their, their billionaires or whatever, whatever they may be, they're keeping, you know, us from becoming enlightened. And yeah. uh, you could probably watch this another five times and not see everything. No, that he was trying to say. Um, th there's some the the toy, the toy maker, which I thought was very interesting because it goes from, you know, on the outside for the children, it's like, oh, it's it's a circus, it's a toy maker, you know, great. And then you go into the inside of that factory of that sweatshop, and mm -hmm. they're making weapons of war and what they're doing is they're desensitizing the children and putting you know a villain and pointing them at it and then 15 years later that's when they plan their war and in order to get soldiers for that war they're basically grooming these children for that and they even yeah. show a comic book which to me is like well that's that's captain america 1940s yeah. i mean captain captain though <laughs> yeah captain captain <laughs> yeah Against the Peruvian monster, you know, yeah. like if it like that's what I like about this film is that the actual the, the messages are right there. Like it's talking about imperialism, colonialism. It's talking about the effects of of uh, commercialized Catholicism in in not just Mexico, but in a sense, a lot of Latin America. And it's it's a really good, really good movie. I really liked it. Um, I, think I this, this would be a good one for cinema condition. I think, it, I think so it would be too. This film. I think it would be too. And I think it would require a really good deep dive on it. Uh, this one is available on Blu-ray. Uh, they did remaster it, which I believe what I was watching on my end, the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the streaming one that I found, uh, I believe it is the new remastered version, which I'd say that looked really good. It looked really clean. And I think they did a really good job on that. Um, the music was the, like you said, the music was fantastic. Music hit. Like, yeah, it hit good too. <laughs> Yeah, Captain Captain and the Seasonal Soldier. Seasonal Soldier. <laughs> it's about right. Different movie. Different movie. Different movie. <laughs> yeah. And another timeline. I will and another say, timeline though, where Dune came out under this guy. I watched the trailer for that, Brad. I watched the trailer too. I am. My I am God, interested. those storyboards that and they were showing. They're, they're, they're huge. And they're, they're like books this thick. And I'm just like. I'm like, they really went fucking into this. They were going to make He was this. ready. He was ready for yeah. it. Yeah. And the thing is, though, he starts it up and he goes, I had never read Dune. I'm like, oh, okay. I don't think it would have been like the best plot wise. But, but like, my friend wise. said it was good. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I don't think it would have been the best plot wise, but I think like no, visually but, what he probably would have done. Yeah. Visually, it would have been fucking nuts. Yeah. Oh, like, did you see the part where like in the trailer where he's talking about like the ship and like he had like. A, like a mouth and like the tongue would come out yeah. of the ship. Would and, come and he had um, what uh, is it? H H Geiger. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Geiger. Yeah. They had that whole, and I'm just like, I'm down. I'm I'm down for that. 
<laughs> I just want to see this. Like I, I, I want to now. I want to see this. Like I don't care if it's a train wreck. Um, because story wise, I think it would be. Because yeah, just based on these three films, one of them is a train wreck that didn't really hit for me. The other two, one's fantastic, and the other one is two thirds fantastic. So I think you would have got some fucking visuals and music that would have just had your mind just melting and maybe not the greatest story <laughs> but what he was saying in that trailer and I, I think this will be one we review um, in the future but what he was saying in that trailer got me fucking interested because I'm like I'm sold like Mick Jagger yeah. I mean you had Sting in the fucking other one so why not <laughs> yeah there was some so by the way uh, I just want to say like this isn't a nitpick but it was something that I noticed within this film and it wasn't until I actually watched the trailer for this for for Jurorsky's Dune, I thought throughout the film this guy was exaggerating the fuck out of his accent. No, until I watched really, the, trailer. the trailer, and that's how he really sounds. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, "Oh, that's how he talks." I was like, I did, this I, hell, bro." Also, I I did have a question. Yeah. That that poor monkey having to like cross through the Arctic tundra there, oh, um, yeah. with his hand on the ground. I'm starting to question like the animals in uh Hodorowsky's films. Um <laughs> what I, so like it, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Their state of being their because yeah. uh, you know, no animals that were harmed in the making of this film. I don't think that goes for this time. That I watched the whole credits, Brad. There was nothing that came up about that. Yeah, okay. Cause like the like El Topo, there are a bunch of dead rabbits everywhere. This yeah. one, at least he got the chickens from a restaurant and they reused the yeah. chickens. So, but yeah. the, there's other instances where I'm like, I don't think. And then was that elephant the same one from Santa uh, Sangri? Santa Sangri, I'm I pretty sure. So, yeah. Well, and like, here's here's what I'm going to say. And I, and I, I think I, I should touch on this before we finish up. I think he has a lot to say with when it comes to animals, but also when it comes to, um, uh, you know, physically deformations because he seems to be a constant theme in his movies um right. and i think to an extent i think it has to say with the way that like oh that that you know organized and, and you know uh commercialized religion will like you know say that these people are like you know you know messed up and like how they're they're like they're oh they're not abominations but they're like there's some of the you know because they they always say like god doesn't make mistakes right they're like oh god doesn't make mistakes but it sometimes it does feel like you know organized religions kind of says like you know you have to feel bad for them because obviously this has this had to have been at one point some sort of mistake from God, and I think he includes them in this especially in this movie to be like, well they're not mistakes they're just you know the people who you know that, that have been you know ignored for so long by yeah, and 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 then organized religion throws them off the boat yeah just throws them off it, and says you need to get rid of this illusion yeah and it's like. Not really an illusion, more so like this. That was like the one guy from the beginning, from that first that act. Was it was actually it was actually nice to this dude. Yeah, that was there for. Him. That was yeah. yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, man, I really like this movie. Brad, what are you gonna go ahead and uh, give uh, the Holy Mountain? Man, I really like this movie. Um, I think I'd have to watch it a few more times in order to give it perfect. So with that, I'll give it a nine out of ten. All right, man. Um, the only th the only reason I'm going to come in a little bit lower than Brad, 
I think when we were doing the whole introductions to the uh, seven, well, not seven, was it eight? I think eight or nine. Eight or nine. Well, because it was ten How people. Many at do the we, end. Have? we have. We <laughs> have. <laughs> 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 we're going through it, and this yeah. one includes Pluto. Yeah, yeah. So like the planets, the people who represent the planets. I think because like you can tell like towards the last half of those planets, he started to cut it down a little bit. Yeah, I think those first half I, well, were taking well, a lot of time to like introduce. Well, as, also you could tell in that first half, like they each had their, you know, I'm this, I'm this planet, yada yada yada, and it went yeah. through. And then by the end of that, they just kind of like scrapped that and like I'm this guy, this planet, and this yeah. My shit. Yeah, which is where I was like, okay, it seems that like he kind of knew that rush. like I think I'm dragging this a little bit too much. That's the only part where to me I was like, okay, can we can we speed it up a little bit so that way we can get to like the end of this act, Agreed. this third act, because. Like I, although, I know it's gonna though, wrap did up. you did you not enjoy the 999 testicles on the wall? Oh fuck! No. Take one down, pass it around. <laughs> yeah, take one down, pass it around. Um, but um, I'm gonna go ahead and give it an 8.75 out of 10. I really like this movie, and just for the hell of it, I'm really interested to see what Letterbox has to say about this. Yeah, so I'm gonna not? read. We did for the last one. I'm gonna read one half star and one five star. Um, oh my god, this is a really long one. Um. A lot of these are in different languages. <laughs> Stacy says, poor guy that, that had to represent Uranus. That was actually, for being the funniest planet uh, name, that had to be maybe my least favorite one there. Because he was just like, he's like, yeah, I'm the, I'm the, uh, what, 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 the uh, financial guru or something to the president. And it's like, okay. The, that was a weird scene, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I, I, once again, my friends, I implore you all don't review a movie if you didn't watch it. Watch the because whole thing. what I'm, I'm, what I'm seeing throughout these half stars is a pattern of turn it off 11 minutes in, turn it off after five minutes. Like, like, okay, so you didn't even get a chance, is what you're saying. Yeah. You didn't give it a, a chance, man. Um, so the okay, here's one the movie version of having a bad trip. Also, I'm bothered by the misuse of animals. Also, to those white knights praising the attention to details in this film, in the scene where the police chief cuts the, cuts the testicles, he praises the guy for sacrificing his testicles like 999 others before. He then says, Your sacrifice completes my sanctuary of a thousand testicles. However, men, however. Men have two testicles. Hence's collection actually now contains 2,000 testicles. Unwatchable. That's what you decided to... Okay, so I clicked into this Theater 42. Do you see that? I Is that the long-ass one? Yeah, well, it's like got multiple, multiple people speaking back and forth. I, I didn't see it man i I, I just typed in the holy mountain and it popped up but um all right i'm gonna go now these guys really didn't find it charming i guess yeah okay here's the first five star and i'll just that'll be it um holy fuck this is a -a one-of-a-kind film Unmatched imagery and cinematography. The first 25 to 35 minutes are a 100 out of 10 masterpiece. There's nothing else in the realm. Deeply artistic, unreal, spiritual, symbolic, dreamy, mesmerizing, psychedelic, 
filled with religious and societal themes. Absurd, gruesome, and funny. It's truly unbelievable that this was made 50 years ago. A timelessly relevant uh, alien and futuristic classic. I mean, I, I give it. The, the themes still are very, you know, they, they actually, uh, they age well. Like yeah. you can watch this film and you can still find those same issues today that it's yeah. calling out. Yeah. All right. Well, that that concludes our review of the Holy Mountain. Yeah, we found and... a movie. We found one we like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> found one we liked, right? Well, yeah. to be fair, we kind of liked Santa Sangha. But... We did like two thirds yeah. of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I liked it but... until the end. <laughs> yeah, until the end. Yeah. But uh, that concludes our review of uh, The Holy Mountain. We thank you all so much for joining us. Of course, if you would like to um, keep up to date with us, please check, it out, so check us out you on like, thenerdcore.com. Twitter.com slash thenerdcore underscore. Instagram at thenerdcore. Patreon.com slash thenerdcore. At $1, you get this episode early and live before anybody else gets to see it. And, of course, there's a lot of cool stuff. I am been, I'm working on it, y'all. I, uh, I finally was able to, like, I finally completed completed um uploading the audio feed it is up to date everything's up to date um i reworked the patreon now to reflect what we will actually be doing now so uh we're it's basically going back to what we were doing before um one monthly commentary except that now it's going to fit to the theme that we're doing so that'll start next month with our new with our theme for june so we'll just when we do the coin toss we are going to pick you know our two lock-ins a mini pod and a commentary now, and whoever wins the the what's it called the the coin toss gets first pick, uh, first pick gets mini pod and gets to choose the commentary. So uh, that's how we'll do it. And of course, mini pod will be available to the five dollar tiers and above, and that'll be every month as well. And you know, just it's pretty much the same thing how we had it before, just going back to the way it was. So uh, Patreon.com/slash/nerdcore, and of course, uh, we want to thank you all so much. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Discord uh, link is in the uh, description of the video and audio version. So if you are watching on YouTube, we, we would uh, really like if you can uh, go ahead and drop a like on the video, subscribe to the channel and click that notification bell. So that way the algorithm can work in our favor and we get to more eyes and more fans of Alejandro Jodorowsky. Maybe they'll tell us a little bit more about El Topo that we're kind of missing out on. Apparently, the guy, the guy's next movie is actually the son of El Topo. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Yeah. Well, so, I don't that know. Kind of makes sense with the ending of El Topo. Yeah. But um yeah, guys, and if you're listening to our newly updated audio feed, please make sure that you leave a five-star review. That would also help us out a lot. Um I know that uh, this is the main show, but uh Gamercore has their own channel now, y'all. So please go and subscribe to that. I'm going to be promoting that a little bit throughout this week. So please go and subscribe to that. Uh, they're on Wednesday. We're doing. Uh, I'm going to be joining uh, Keon for the hour-long PlayStation State of Play, crossing our fingers for a little bit of Spider-Man Two info on that one. So uh, hoping that happens. So I'll be on there with uh with Fleet with uh, with Keon. So check that out. And of course, we want to thank our Patreon supporters. Without them, it's not possible. And our producer Shane. Where can they find Shane, Brad? You follow our friend Shane at twitch.tv slash XSRK or on Twitter at thriftedil or go support the suppy guide at presentcityvintage.com. Buy some good shit. 
Damn straight. And we will see you all live. For, we'll see you all again for our next review, which is a confusion, confusion. Now that we are going to be completely done with our backlog of mini pods that we need to do. And we'll be able to start. Well, actually, we'll be able to start this month clean because we'll have Fondo and Lise to uh, to talk to you all about. But in the meantime, it's been a wonderful time. And we will catch you all then. Brad, send them out. Raro, thank you for being host as always. Thank you to Stacey for joining us in chat today. Thank you to all our listeners out there, all our Patreon supporters. We appreciate each and every one of you. And uh, to end this episode, uh, don't eat Jesus's face. Young Yoda out. But it tastes like snozzberries. If it was day one Morbius release, Stacy, I'd be no.